We've been here since last two weeks ago. We've just been <laughs> sitting here. Hey, John, do you remember back in the day where uh-huh. we made mistakes? I can remember yeah. it like it was yesterday. Yeah, you what mistakes did we make? No, I have no idea how to play it. But backgammon, is that the one with the net and the little weird little thing? No, it's with the game board. It's got like the really sharp triangles and you move oh, yeah, no. like pieces and it, it has the container that you shake like they shook that get the dice in that container remember so in backgammon you have those containers you have to roll them from the container i don't i don't know what is the game where you use the little thing it's like tennis um you use like the the thing that looks like something from doctor who is that knuckle? i don't know what? you don't know it's like tennis it comes with the things you hit it and then it's got it's got a little point it's like usually a rubbery thing and then some plastic that comes down from it mousetrap 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 is not like talking about what are you talking about badminton (laughs) that's badminton folks yes today was a clip show and so i decided i've got two clips that i can play and yes, folks, he did say Mousetrap was like tennis. It, can I defend my honor for a minute? You can try. Okay. Yeah, that's... For, first of all, welcome, Daniel. Welcome back to another episode of Matt Talk. Hey, guys. It, and now I'll defend myself. Look, I don't... You were not being very clear, and I thought you were referring to... I said it was like tennis, and you hit the thing, and you're like, Mousetrap. You, you don't... The mousetrap is nothing like tennis. You don't hit the thing, John. But you said it was like a, a triangle-like thingy with the, you know, with the open end. And that's why I just remember like mousetrap. It would go to, anyways. I guess, I guess I w- cannot defend this. I will just take my lumps, as they say. And that was a pretty big blunder on my behalf. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Daniel, how about you? Doing good. Watch anything good? Hang out? Like... Anything new? I've been watching some of the old Hawaii Five O episodes, the original, the OG Hawaii Five O. Nice. Why'd you decide to do that? It's one of the many. I, I went through this period of probably like a year where I was just buying up random TV series, like the complete sets, and I've got like a bunch of them that I've got to go through at some point. I, I've probably got twenty to thirty complete sets. Wow. Okay. What's your most obscure complete set that you picked up? Um, I've got the complete series of Dallas, which is kind of hard to find. Wow. Cause that, how many seasons was that? Was that like 12? It's 12 or 13. Okay. Uh, you know, yeah. The funny story, Daniel, my, that, that was the only fictional TV show my dad would watch was Dallas. Wow. I, well, it, it was a long story. Like when he would come home from work, it would be 8 PM. And he'd fix dinner and sit down, and that was nine and nine o'clock. Dallas was on, and you know we didn't have cable, so you know you had five stations. So he would watch it, and uh, so I, I'm very well versed in the uh, in the annals of Dallas. So nice. I've never seen Dallas. You never seen Dallas, dude? It's I mean it's it's the cliche '80s soap opera, but man, there's uh there's some some interesting stuff that goes on on Dallas. I did watch Patrick Duffy on Step by Step, though. Now, who didn't? Who didn't? <laughs> I was in love with uh, one of the girls on that show when I was younger. Who was it? Was it Stacey Keenan? No, the other one, the middle one, the tomboyish one. 
Oh, Christine yeah. Larkin. Oh, I love her. Still do. I follow her on Instagram. What, what is what about, up, Robert? How are you doing? Hey, Robert, what's going on? Wait a minute. Time out. What about Suzanne Summers? Because, I mean, she was a looker. I was more of a Joyce DeWitt guy. Or kid. I was more of a Joyce DeWitt kid. <laughs> <laughs> so it's true, Jason. You are 84 years old. I always went for the, you know, the 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 one that nobody else was like what pining for. Okay. Come on, Joyce DeWitt was uh, way overshadowed by Suzanne Summers. But, but wait a minute, I'm talking about Suzanne Summers in Step by Step, not not Three's Company. No, again, I was she was too old for me, and I knew it. Okay, all right, Daniel, you want to chime in on this or no? I <laughs> uh, I guess I was more of a Suzanne Summers guy on Three's Company because I believe her character's last name was Snow. Oh, well, so I, I always thought that was pretty cool. There you go. Yeah, nice. I see. I go. I'm. I'm in this kind of a similar train of thought when it comes to Charlie's Angels. To me, Jacqueline Smith. Whoo, smoking. I, I don't no, have a dog in this fight. I don't. I. I don't know who any of them are. That's Lucy I go Liu. With. I like Lucy Liu on Charlie's Angels. That was the terrible movie, dude. <laughs> it's a terrible movie. It wasn't an awful movie. <laughs> Yes, it was. It was directed by Mick G. Okay, what do you want? I like the first one with Bill Murray. Anyways, uh, so Daniel, any others besides Dallas? Any other cool uh, pickups that you have for TV series? Uh, no. Well, one, I don't know how rare this is, but it's kind of along the same lines as Matlock. I've got the Perry Mason TV movie collection I because. I'm actually not a fan. I didn't really like the Perry Mason TV show, but I loved the movies they did in the 80s and early 90s because they were pretty close to Matlock, really. Yeah, I'll have to check. I need to check out the movie. I like the Perry Mason show, and I actually like the Perry Mason reboot that HBO did a few years back. So um, I need to check those out. Robert says his favorite Matlock episode is The Dare with guest star Terry Terry O'Quinn is one of the most underrated actors on television. Also like The Lemon, The Con Man, and The Hunting Party. Well, Robert, today we are going to be discussing The Kidnapper. But before we get into that, I watched the new Monk movie, um, Mr. Monk's Last Case, and I adored it. It was one of the best, um, and yes, follows in the Matlock theme, because, you know, Monk's obviously inspired by Matlock and everything that came before it. But it was so good. It, It had a really, really depressing story, actually. Monk is um, kind of regressed since COVID. He's a lot, a little bit more. He's very depressed in this, like very depressed. But the comedy is so good. It it was really well done. If you guys have Peacock, go check it out because I want more Monk movies because, you know, there's not a lot of this kind of show anymore. And Monk is definitely carrying the torch that, you know, Perry Mason started way back when that Matlock and Murder, She Wrote and everything ran with. So go, go check it out. Also, I was shopping today in the YA book section with my daughter at Barnes and Nobles, and I ran across this Murder She Wrote, folks. That's right, there is a YA Murder She Wrote series. Is it about Angela Fletcher? Kind of. So Beatrice. Wait, Fletcher, time out, time out. Angela Fletcher. I combined them. Guess you love here. doing this. I'm how sorry. Many, how many times I'm has sorry. Nancy Stafford been referred to as Michelle Stafford? How many times <laughs> on this podcast? I do, and I've met the woman. I'm, yes, I'm still... she has been on our show. Uh, so Beatrice Fletcher is obsessed with unsolved murders in her small town of Cabot Cove, Maine. Like her great aunt Jessica, the famous mystery writer, 
But when her best friend Jackson goes missing, this time the mystery is personal. Yes, I bought it. Yes, I'm going to read a YA book because I love Murder, She Wrote. I think it's a delight. And I, I'm kind of glad that they're, um, you know, keeping it alive with the younger generation. So I'm going to support this because, and there is a book too. So if I like book one, I'll go buy book two because I want a Matlock continuation so bad. I want them to bring back um, Michelle Stafford and... Um, <laughs> Why do you do that? You're doing it just to antagonize me now. Oh, I am. I and, uh, <laughs> but uh, you guys are not here to hear about all this side stuff. You guys are here no. to talk about Matlock. But before we do that, John, I just wanted to share this. <laughs> opening sandwiches, folks. John would like us to get to our opening heard it there we're gonna I, that's all the clips i have don't worry i, I know that the matlock episode was a clip you know, but those, i only pulled two clips for today so i apologize but you know justin's here just in time to uh get the banging and the songs going john what's going on uh today for the kidnapper uh it is a clip show and so the three of us are going to discuss it um, originally, the original air date was uh, February 6th of 1990. And so with that, gentlemen, let's go ahead and jump on into our opening statements. Uh, the plot, or excuse me, the uh, guest stars uh, are probably repetitive because as I started taking notes, I'm like, we probably, when we actually reviewed and discussed the actual episode that is going to be part of the clip, we probably have talked about these people, but... I picked four to talk real quick just to uh, see what we got here. So uh, our first guest star is Gail O'Grady. She will be playing Julie McCullough. Um, and that, of course, is from the season one, episode eight, The Sisters, where the McCullough sisters killed their beloved uh, Aunt Esther. And, um, yeah, it was a creepy episode. I, I Daniel, I don't know what you think about that episode, but those two were creepy they were a little too close. <laughs> yeah, that, was, was, uh, that was a good season one episode, The Sisters. No, it was. It was a good one. Um, but yeah, it was weird. It was weird and creepy. And I agree with you, Daniel. There was something going on with the, the sisters there. But I digress. Gail O'Grady, you could also find her on shows such as NYPD Blue. She starred as Donna, I believe it's pronounced Abandono. She was also Claire in Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo, Crystal Richards on Criminal Minds, Stevie Gray on Revenge, Wanda Perkins on Hellcat, Judge Weldon on Boston Legal, and Gail has like a bazillion credits to her resume. I'm just scratching the surface with those few that I selected. But uh, Jason, are there any that I overlooked that you wish to throw in? No, but I want to know is, did Michelle go to like Ben Matlock school? Because how does she know about all these cases? She was nowhere near. <laughs> that That's the one thing that I have down here. All three of these uh, snippets, all right? So you have the sisters, you have uh, the judge, and you have uh, the Dawn. All three of those 
uh, were from season one, and Michelle hadn't even been a character yet on on uh, on season two. But the way that Ben loves to tell tales, I'm just assuming he he told her all about them. That's that's I guess my my theory. Daniel, what do you think? There's a error in this episode too. Oh, there is. There is. <laughs> I would think so because Ben does have the gift of gab, and I I do believe he could. Yeah, if you got him a lunch of hot dogs, I'm sure he could talk forever about his cases. Well, the hot dogs didn't run out. <laughs> yes, I believe that probably that would be accurate. Yes. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next um, guest star, whom I think many of us already know uh, quite a bit about her because she has had such a um, a, a career. That's the word I was looking for. Uh, but let's talk about Conchetta Farrell, who will be playing the role of Mrs. Reese. We all know her as Berta on Two and a Half Men. And Jason, I'm going to let you go ahead and, and talk for a minute about uh, Two and a Half Men, because I know you've watched it. I, I have not uh, watched it. So what do you think about having uh, Miss Farrell here, one of our uh, guest stars? Not the biggest Charlie Sheen fan in the world, but I watched Two and a Half Men because of this actress. She is so funny, and I, I'm always happy when she shows up. She she is just phenomenal. Uh, she passed away a few years ago, and it was a huge loss. But like I know, I, I love this woman. Well, she was also been in several big movies as well, like Mystic Pizza, uh, Aaron Brockovich. She was in Edward Scissorhands, Mr. Deeds. Um, interestingly enough, she did some voiceover work in the uh, animated short or the animated movie, excuse me, Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. So um, she'll be starring as Mrs. Reese again in the episode The Sisters. Um, so she's kind of the librarian that is duped by the kind of twin magic or switcheroo, whatever you want to call it, uh, with the McCullough girls. Nice. And she was on Murder Ship. That's right. She was. All right. Um, and our final guest star, ladies and gentlemen, is Bobby Eats. Uh, she will play the role of Joni Lee. Uh, this is, of course, from season one, episode two, The Judge. Uh, currently, uh, Bobby is starring as Nan Smith, on the show George and Tammy. I've got to be honest with you. I like Michael Shannon a lot. He is obviously playing George Jones. I I want to check this show out, but I've heard very mixed reviews about it. I don't know. Have you either of you heard anything about George and Tammy? I watched uh, I watched a little bit of it. And I, it wasn't bad. I mean, he nails George Jones perfectly, the mannerisms and everything. Honestly, I had Showtime for free for like a month, and then I dropped it whenever they were going to make me pay for it. So uh, so I didn't get to see the rest of the episodes, but I will probably check it out on DVD at some point. I mean, I it wasn't bad. It was, I thought it was enjoyable. Okay. It's got a pretty good critic score on uh, the tomatoes. Really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> a funny story. My mom went to go see George Jones in concert like back in the 90s, and my mother came home very upset because he was so drunk on stage like he couldn't he, he could hardly sing his songs my mother was outraged by that and do you think uh, bob dylan fans complain about that i have no idea it's up there mumbling. i have no idea <laughs> oh mumbling on stage okay i get you but yeah no apparently george jones was so drunk he couldn't stand up let alone you know sing his songs but 
Anyways, back to Bobby Eakes. Uh, she's also played the role of Crystal Carrie Martin on All My Children. And she played the same character on One Life to Live as well. And she's also uh, been Macy Alexander Sharp on Bold and the Beautiful. In fact, both of these runs on All My Children and Bold and the Beautiful were many, many seasons. Because I think like there were 600 episodes or something total for her on those roles. So a uh, very accomplished uh, individual. Um, so we did leave off. We've talked about some of these guest stars who are going to be in these uh, these clips that are going to go back to previous episodes. We did skip one, uh, The Dawn, part one and two, which was from season one, episode six and seven. Another good one episode. Which, yeah, it was a good episode. It was the one where mobster Nicholas Barron is accused of killing his rival. Um, of course, the judge as well is, as I mentioned before, season one, episode two. Dick Van Dyke guest stars as a judge who murders his mistress. So um, we'll talk a little bit more about those as we get into the discussion. But uh, uh oh, Jason's got that look on his face. He's 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 loading the gun, so to speak. He's ready to unleash on uh, on his opinion his opinions on us. But before he does that, I have a question for you two. I need you both to give an opinion. Solely your opinion, and only your opinion. So help you. Can I get that from you? Let's testify! Let's testify! <laughs> Jason, nice. we should make a TikTok of us dancing to this song. Anyways. All right. Hey, the plot of this episode, three words. Ben gets kidnapped. That's all we need to cover. Andy Griffith wanted a day off. I would love, really love to know why they did a clip show at this point. They've done one before, right? Um, I don't believe we've had a clip show before. No, I no, think this is we've, the had, first we've had an Andy wanted the day off episode, but not a, yeah, you're right. Because there, right. there was one way it was just Michelle pretty much. Because he Correct. was getting something done or doing something. Correct. And that was earlier in season four, so... Uh, Daniel, any theories, any, any ideas why there was a clip show? I, I think a lot of it had to do with the continuing issues he was having with his legs at that time, mm -hmm. uh, having trouble walking some, because he's sitting down for most of this episode. Okay, yeah, yeah. and uh, so That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, maybe, and, and I'm sure that it took less time to shoot what they shot for the actual episode, uh, so that would probably lighten the schedule quite a bit on, on Andy. Yeah. Right. I think so yeah. too. And they just wanted to Ooh. edit the um the judge into a better episode by condensing <laughs> it down to five minutes. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll get into the judge here in a minute because it's it's coming up real quick. All right. Our uh, opening scene is we see a cityscape of Atlanta, and then Michelle and Conrad they arrive at Ben's screeching tires driving like as my mom would say a bat out of hell to get to ben's house in which they discover that ben's door is open and as they enter the house the place is a mess then we go upstairs and we find bloody sheets on ben's bed and a note pinned to the pillow with a pair of scissors and it's clear that ben has been kidnapped in this opening scene what do you guys think so far anything that anything that jumps out at you that you want to real quickly discuss i just found it fascinating we had blood we never have blood around the dead bodies but we had one 
without a dead body. That's true. Daniel? Um, I kind of knew it was going to be a different kind of episode when I first watched it because generally they don't ever start like that. I mean, you don't, you don't usually see Conrad and Michelle jump right into it like that. So I knew we were definitely kind of in for a different kind of show. And I think this season was good about that because you had several episodes that were a little offbeat in comparison to like normal Matlock episodes. Agreed. I, I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and let the cat out of the bag a little bit here. I was leery about a clip show because of the way that other 80s TV shows would use clip shows or 90s as well. So I was very hesitant, but I like what they did here. I thought they presented us a clip show, but in a way that made logical sense. And so I, I, I was pleasantly surprised by this. All right. Well, there is um, there's a pretty decent reaction from Michelle, by the way. I thought she being shocked and appalled and and worried and concerned and angry. I thought she did a very good job. Nancy Stafford did a great job of conveying that, at least I think. Yeah. And then don't worry, Conrad. I majored in Ben in high school. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, there's a uh, there's a note. And, oh, by the way, sorry, we already covered the note. But the note states that if you call the cops, you know, basically Ben's dead. They want some rare coins, which I thought was a nice throwback to. I don't remember what season it was, but the one with the guy that had uh, the 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 coin shop, and he supposedly was accused of killing the guy that ripped him off. I think that was season three, I think. Season three. It was a two-parter. Uh, it was yeah. The Thief, I believe. Yes, you're right. It was The Thief. So I like that callback. I thought that was good. But they are um, told that they need to wait at Ben's office for a phone call. So we get to the shot or the scene in the uh, in the office. And Michelle starts talking about that maybe her prime suspect will be Judge Addison. And this is where we will have a little bit of a review of the episode, The Judge. Jason, uh, I don't think Daniel knows this, but uh, you have a very strong opinion about The Judge. This judge is so stupid. He was so <laughs> stupid. At least in this, we didn't get to see all stupidity. But like, if you know somebody's onto you and they want you to be a witness at a trial that you're the judge of, that means they're probably onto you because you know you did some shady stuff. You go to Mexico. You don't go to the courthouse and jump on the stand and let Ben Matlock interview you. I don't understand why this episode is so beloved by people. Maybe because of this clip show. People just remember this clip show. And it's like, hey, Dick Van Dyke. He was great. But this this episode is one of the worst. Okay. I disagree. It wasn't that bad, but it was ridiculous. As we see, here, here's some of the things I jotted down. We see Judge Addison. Obviously, we see the murder himself or the murder itself. As he sneaks into the room and stabs his mistress, uh, we see, you know, the uh, conversation with the mom and then swapping out the cash in the envelope. We get the whole he throws his he tries to burn his clothes, which he thinks he does, but he actually didn't because Tyler was there to switch him out and all that jazz. Um, so. Uh, I, I don't know. I thought it was an okay. I know you can't stand it. But, Daniel, your thoughts on The Judge? I haven't watched it in a while, so I would have to go back and watch the whole episode again. I will say this. The burning of the clothes and him not taking a second to look and be like, okay, let me double check. You know, make sure these are the right ones. <sighs> nah, I just that always kind of got me. And the whole bit on the witness stand, that kind of got me too. Um, I think I give love to this episode because – 
I love Dick Van Dyke on Diagnosis Murder. So I kind of give it a little slack because of him. But honestly, if you really look at the plot logically, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. He's a judge. He should know to double check the evidence. Like ugh, a judge committing a crime should pretty much get away with it. I also think too, Daniel brings a good point. I that was my thought was like me because I'm always the guy to double check. Oh, do I got my I got my phone. I got my keys. Like so, I would have been like, mm, are these the clothes? I think they're. Do I got everything in here? Do I got the bloody shoes, the gloves, everything? So I don't know. I think that. Um, I overlook it, but yet I think I'm going to catch flack from you two in a little bit for, I can overlook that, but I can't overlook something else. And well, anyways, uh, Michelle does narrate every single one of these flashbacks, by the way, just to throw that out there. I do but find it go- fascinating that they only chose season one episodes. Yeah, th- I agree. Like you would think that they would try to throw in some from three and three and two as well. Season two and season three ones where michelle was present maybe but you know yeah. this, this this did showcase three the three most popular episodes from season one yes correct well we go back to the office and conrad finds out that addison's still in prison because he's got some pal named charlie that seems to know everything i don't know i i started thinking that charlie was like you know in the batman universe like oracle like charlie had just like walls of monitors everywhere and he had cameras like everywhere and he was able to, you know, like manipulate red lights and stop signs and all that stuff. Cause he just seemed to know everything and be able to like that, be able to give you an answer. I think it's the guy that runs the hot dog stand. I think it's <laughs> like the hot dog stand is a front. <laughs> it would have been funny if like they opened Ben's safe and it was a freezer and it had frozen hot dogs in it. No, I'm just laughing. At it. I think that that his name is Charlie, isn't it? Charlie is the 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 hot dog vendor, right? Yeah, I could see him like you know, like he goes like he like like Fonz. He bangs on the jukebox and open up this door, and he goes down into the secret lair underneath the courtroom, uh, the courthouse. You know. <laughs> Anyways, um, so Addison's still in prison, but then there's a phone call, and the phone call basically sets up that the rare coins are going to be dropped off in this city park and you'll get Ben. And again, there's a threat to kill Ben. Uh, Michelle, again, very upset. Again, I think Nancy Stafford's portrayal of the emotions of Michelle Thomas were fantastic. Conrad uses the computer to sort through some other possible suspects. And that leads us into the clip of the Dawn. Um, I think that this was the episode, if I'm not mistaken, Jason, was this the first instance of which, like, there was some uh, Charlene and her love life being showcased on Matlock? Um, the Dawn. I think the Dawn was later in the season. Mm, no, I think the Dawn was six and seven. Okay. I'm pretty sure they pretty much pimped her out, like, pretty quick <laughs> on that show. Daniel Daniel thinks that I am correct. Daniel, what do you what do you think? Um, you know, right as you were, you said the Don, I got to thinking, I was like, I think she was, I think she was probably in bed in one scene with the guy from, uh, Jake and the fat man. Yeah. And Joe Penny. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah, it was. It's some of that rough sexual content we have to deal with on Matlock, you know? Oh yes. That, that, mm. that reviewer is not going to be happy with that, with this episode either because of that sexual content. How dare they? 
Well, Matlock was, you know, telling his daughter, hey, go go out with him and see what you can find out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, you know what, though? My favorite Daniel of the Jake and the Fat Man is when Win- William Conrad was on an episode, I believe, in season two. Because there's just something about, I'm sorry, I know people are going to make fu- be mad at me, but there was just something about fat William Conrad, like eating a hot dog with mustard all over his <laughs> shirt and stuff. There's just... I don't know. There's just something about it that made me laugh. Wasn't he in the Don? Every time you eat hot dog, mustard gets on your shirt. Was he in the Don? I don't know. Let uh, I think he was. I'm not sure. Let me double check that. He might have been in that. That uh, let's see, the Don. John loves Jake and the Fat Man. It's one of his favorite shows. I do not enjoy your nickname was Jake and the Fat Man with your grandfather, right? Mine was the Fat Man. He was Jake. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. You were correct, Daniel. He is. William Conrad is D.A. James McShane. I knew you were right, Daniel. I just didn't want to make John feel bad. (laughs) All right. Let's go back to the office where Michelle and Conrad, um, they show up in an apartment complex. And um, so they're not actually in the office. My bad on that one. Anyways, uh, they go to an apartment complex. It was run, rented by Kathy Barron, who was the daughter who was found to be the killer in the episode of The Dawn. So apparently Kathy's out of, out of jail. And so apparently she's gallivanting all around the globe and ended up in Turkey or somewhere. I don't remember. But anyway, she ends up now she is a psychic for like the rich and famous. And Jason... Is there something that you would like to explain about your theories on uh, psychics? What about it? <laughs> I played the Jason- play, John. <laughs> that was a- Sorry for everybody watching. That was an inside joke. That was that was not that was not fair of me. I should not have set Jason up like that. I apologize. I have interviewed a psychic before. Yes, I think mm-hmm. Justin was in on that interview with me. Was that you? I- uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was Justin, mock. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Justin, can you confirm or deny that from backstage? Yeah. His head shaking rapidly up and down. Okay, he was. Okay, the psychic was me. <laughs> oh my god, I zoned out. It's the only interview I've ever like zoned out of. Like I have no idea what that guy said to me. <laughs> I'm sure there's psychics out there that are real. This one was not. <laughs> and if you want to go back in the Three Geeks archive and try to find that interview, God bless you. I don't recommend it. I don't need the view. Like, don't waste your time. But I, um, he won't be back on. Work with that publicist. <laughs> he already knows he won't be on because he's psychic. See, he already knows. In fact, he knows that we're making fun of him right now. On this episode of Matt Talk. Yeah, he wanted people to call in to read him or he could do reads through like the internet and stuff. <laughs> well, if you would like uh, Jason or I to read your fortune, Jason, tell the folks where they can do that and how they can do that. Anything that I tell you about your fortune is a lie, but it is B-E-N-M-A-T-T-A-L-K at gmail.com. If it happens to come true, it's a coincidence. There you go. You're going to also find us obviously through the Facebook page at Matt Talk. Uh, podcast and we still have that twitter account which is dwindling anyways um <laughs> J- jason can be found at liar at matt by the way uh, that's a it's a new website that's not uh, real i wish it was i should make that email address 
anyways. All right. So anywho, um, let's get back to Conrad and uh, Michelle. They're back in the office. They're kind of a little bit arguing. I don't want to say arguing, but they're kind of going back and forth about calling Bob Brooks. And so Conrad's like, just give me one more shot. One more shot. Okay. They get a phone call. And I like this, the little reverse psychology from Conrad. Conrad's like, look, I don't care. I don't care that you got Ben. Listen, I will work for the dude for a couple months. He's annoying. I can't stand him. I don't even, I don't, I don't care. I'll find another job, which angers Michelle. But I thought that was pretty, pretty slick. Because I mean, all Tyler of, would have felt bad if Ben had been killed. I'm yes, sure. Tyler not, Tyler, not Tyler, Conrad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know what, though? I think Tyler would feel bad too. Because underneath that rough exterior, I think he he has a very big heart, a very warm heart. I still miss Tyler. I mean, I love Conrad, but I, I do miss Tyler. Yeah, Daniel, your thoughts on Tyler Hudson? I I mean, he was okay. I always liked Conrad better because I was a big Walker, Texas Ranger fan when he was on there. So I guess I like Conrad better. I never but I mean Tyler's him. good. And I, I like Cliff in his own way. Cliff had to kind of – I had to grow to like Cliff. He was a little annoying at first, I thought. Mm-hmm. We do get what Conrad's trying to get at. Because of his fake I-don't-care attitude, the kidnapper puts Ben on the phone. And Ben says, feed my cacks, Sarah and Esther. And then he gets walloped. Kapow! I was mad by that. I was very angry. I was like, don't you punch Matlock. I was He's very angry. I give him a hot dog afterwards. Get this man a hot dog. <laughs> Quick. Should we pick him up? No, just give him the hot dog. He's on the floor. It doesn't matter. Just give him a hot dog. <laughs> so Michelle meets the kidnapper to make the swap. and Or she is going to meet the kidnapper, excuse me, to make the swap. And Sarah and Esther is still the clue. And that finally Michelle puts two and two together and we get the reveal uh, I'm sorry, that's not correct. We get the reveal that Julia is the kidnapper, Julia McCullough, uh, in a separate scene. I apologize. I My notes are a little confusing here. Michelle catches on to the hints of the two names, and that's when they discover what's happening. Right, like, right. And then, I know what you meant. Yeah, the, the viewer finds out that it's, that it's Julia McCullough, who wants revenge for her sister's suicide because she blames, she blames Ben for her death. Uh, so... Uh, we also have an accomplice named Jack. He was the gentleman that was making all the phone calls. And so Julia also reveals that she really wants to kill Michelle, and she's using uh, Ben as bait. What is up, Random Rick Reviews RRR? Go subscribe, guys. Matlock was a great show. It absolutely was a great show. Thank you so much, Rick, for tuning in. Now, thanks, Rick, as well. We appreciate, we appreciate everybody. And by the way, if you haven't dropped a comment in the uh the comments please do we'd love to hear what you are thinking about this episode and what you think about jason not liking the judge and me making fun of william conrad anyways uh what nothing (laughs) no seriously what'd you say okay never mind be that way that's fine be that way so then we get the review of the episode of the sisters is this where you've had the continuity issue it's later when she's on the bench and the guy uh, tells her that she's about to go see an old friend. Okay. Well, because in the narration with Michelle, there's an error. Cause she talks about how the girls 
killed her their great aunt Esther, and they lived with their uncle Howard. No, his name was Harold. So somewhere there was somebody overlooked that. But basically, we get the idea of like the the two of them kind of doing the the switcheroo with the twins. Good episode. Yeah, yeah, and the one ends up uh, I f- can't remember her name, but the 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 one not Julia, the other one. Um, I can't remember what her name was to save my life now. Anyways, the other sister like breaks down psychologically and that's what unravels the whole case. And so Julia and, uh, and her sister are found um, guilty and are sentenced. So we go back to the office and Michelle wonders how the sisters got out. So Conrad again, picks up the phone and calls his boy, um, Charlie and he finds out some information. Uh, we cut to Julia and Jack getting set for the swap. Uh, Michelle and Conrad get the coins and prepare for the swap themselves. The one thing I thought was weird was they talk about, like, Conrad's going to go to their house, the house, the McCullough house, and there's all these secret passages. What? That seemed really shoehorned in for no apparent reason. I mean, Daniel, your thoughts on that? Yeah, it, it really did. It seems so out of place. I mean, it makes sense by the end of the episode, but at, at that point, it just felt really, it didn't really go well with the dialogue at all. No, because I was like, what are you talking? And I was trying to think back to the episode, and I'm like, were there secret passages in the episode? Because I don't, I don't remember that. It just completely stumped me. Yeah, as I was watching the episode, I'm like, man, I wish I'd given myself more than three hours to watch this, because... I think it would have been fun to go back and revisit these three episodes prior to doing this. <laughs> I like, <laughs> thanks, Random Rick. <laughs> Wasn't revealed by moving a book. No, unfortunately not. <laughs> that would have been. been sweet. That would have been sweet, man. And the fact that, that Conrad gets in in the most unsecret passage way is he just pops a screen out and opens the window and just goes in that way. I'm like, dude... <laughs> <laughs> what happened with the secret passage? <laughs> Anyways, Jack follows uh, Michelle, who's at the uh, who's at the, uh, the the park for the swap. Um, and Michelle goes to the park. She gets the the phone call um, on a payphone. So youngsters that are watching the show, first of all, thank you for doing so. Secondly, what are you doing with your lives that you're watching this show? I mean, if you're if you're a young person. I'm sure it's Sunday night. You're out like partying and having a good time and not watching a show that pretty much was your grandparents' favorite. But anyways, whoa, I digress. Whoa, 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 whoa. We were youngsters watching this show. That's true. We were. I don't know what that says about. I was like about... three. I was obsessed with TV at a young age. Programmed a VR too. This is true, <laughs> Daniel. My my co-host apparently at the age of two knew how to set the VCR. I'm, oh. I'm... I have never... Played around when it came to my television viewing <laughs> at a young age. Uh, nobody messed with me in TV. I wanted to tape. Um, they had the you know the pause um, Easter coloring die kits. Yeah, it was a special. Mm-hmm. Like you know, there was an actual cartoon that went along with that. And I wanted to tape it. I taped over the middle part of the Wizard of Oz to record that special. <laughs> did you get in trouble for doing that? I, I they were so impressed that I did it. I said. Nothing else mattered. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you? Well, yeah. If my two-year-old was programming the VCR, that 
you know, that would be something. Heck, two-year-olds nowadays don't even know what a VCR is. Um, I do thank thanks, Rick. The old dirty payphone. Yes, indeed. The the old dirty payphone is is what Michelle has to answer, and she gets directions and some instructions from Jack. And so we see that, uh, as I previously mentioned, Conrad is sneaking up to the house and uh, entering through a window. Uh, Michelle's waiting on a, on a bench. And I loved this. This is such a simple and cliched camera, th- camera movement. But I like how the bus pulls up. You know, it's just Michelle. The bus pulls up. The bus pulls away. It's Michelle and Jack on the bench. I really like yeah. that. That that was real slick, man. That's some, something I don't think, because let's be honest with Matlock, a lot of those shots are very just your standard wide shot, medium shot, you know, close up. There's nothing really avant-garde, if you will, when it comes to the, the, the cinematography of the, uh, of the episodes. I think we forget a lot of times that the TV shows back then, the, with the camera work, they were not nearly as high tech as they are now. Or, or even like 10 and 15 years ago, they've gotten a lot better at making them like almost movie quality, I guess, like shots and stuff. I think weren't, weren't some sh- shows still being shot on film by the mid eighties. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It's, yeah. So, I mean, you know, that also adds to it, but nonetheless, I liked it. I thought it was a nice, a nice little uh, depiction of, of time passing there. Um, Jack tells Michelle that she'll be delivering, the coins to a friend who wants to say hello or goodbye to and an old friend that she never old, met before to an old friend. <laughs> unless unless she showed up to matlock class like when michelle took the class on ben maybe she came in as a guest speaker and they met then like ben put me away that kind of thing but i mean okay not they're not old friends it just, okay. this doesn't bother me as much as the judge episode does yeah conrad rescues ben because ben does the old fred sanford falls down on the on on the floor right and so then conrad comes in and he he grabs julia i i you know what he's a very very good man conrad mcmasters because i think some people might have had the urge to punch julia in the face but he did not he wrestled her down to the bed and then put uh put her in the closet and so Jack shows up with Michelle and Conrad KOs him. And then he opens the closet. But guess who's not there? Julia. Oh, no. And Michelle has left to go tell the cops, you know, where everything's happening. And, <laughs> and what was the most ridiculous way to die? Julia tries to stab Michelle. Misses. And Julie goes over the banister and falls to her death. <laughs> the knife stabbed her, though, right? No, the, the knife did not stab Michelle. No, it did not. No, I mean, not Michelle, the, the lady. Oh, I I think so. I don't remember. That fall Dan- wasn't high enough to kill her. Oh, dude, you land on your neck, it would be enough to kill her, right? I, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, you're okay. Daniel, your thoughts on this horrific death? Uh, well, honestly, for years, this was like the first scene I think I ever saw of a Matlock episode. I think my dad had it on tape because he used to like tape a lot of old TV shows off TV because, you know, DVDs weren't even a thing back then. And if you wanted a TV show, you had to kind of tape it. 
and that's how you were able to get it. But um, I, I just remember that scene of her flipping her over the over the railing, and I really, for years until I actually saw it in reruns on Hallmark, I did not know the episode like at all. Like I, I kept thinking, what episode was that? And, it, and then finally, I watched, it and I was like, oh, that's that episode I saw when I was like, I don't know, four or five. <laughs> Here's my my question though. This is the thing that bothers me. The final scene. So the, we're we're looking down, and we're seeing the dead body. And Bob Brooks has entered the in the room, and he looks up, and there's the three of them. They're all standing up there. They're all smiling. Like somebody told them, someone just plunged to their death, and you three are standing there like ah. They're just glad it's not them, man. I'd be smiling like guys we we made it <laughs> that, that crazy chick did not kill us well but this is the thing i think you mentioned it before a couple of episodes ago jason that there there does never seems to there never seems to be in fact it was last episode as a matter of fact there never seems to be any type of emotional like um uh expression when something happens like here i'm like you would have thought that there would have been some like somber faces and maybe Michelle like turning into Ben and like he comforts her. No, no, they're a bunch of psychopaths standing at the top of the steps smiling. We, we finally got an episode though where they were kind of sad that somebody died. <laughs> that was the last one, right? It was the last one, not this one. Uh, I love that line. Always good to see you, Bob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like inappropriate. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> all right well gentlemen do you have anything else to talk about before we jump into our closing statements you know what i'm in the mood for after watching somebody fall off a rail a hot dog that's how it should be <laughs> for a minute i thought you were gonna play the taco bell commercial i was gonna say no 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 no, no play that's, that. not <laughs> that's not no. for this podcast no, no three geeks exclusive <laughs> that's too x-rated for this show Anyways, all right then. Then let's go ahead and let's jump on into our closing statements. This is the part of the podcast where John and I will rate the show on a gavel system. One gavel meaning the show was absolutely awful. Five gavels means it was amazing. Negative 47 gavels means we are traveling back in time to get scorched by a dinosaur. John, how do you rate this episode? I am intrigued by your being squashed by a dinosaur um you know what we should no we did this to him last time i'm sorry daniel we're terrible with etiquette we should let daniel go first with i know i'm just so used to it i know we're so improv the dinosaur thing i can't improv that much (laughs) anyway daniel on a scale of one to five gavels five being the best one being lousy what what do you give this episode i'd probably give it a three. Ooh, okay why at one time i really liked it but Having gone back and watched it several times since I got the DVDs and stuff, it's just not – I don't think it holds up as well. I mean, it's still a good – it's still not a bad episode, but it's not – It's nostalgia can kind of make you think something is better than it actually is. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I totally understandable. I'm totally. In fact, <laughs> you and I off air were talking about old wrestling, and a lot of times you think, oh, this match was awesome, and then you rewatch it, and you're like, yeah, never mind. Um, <laughs> that wasn't that good, you know. So I totally get it. I totally understand. Um, all right, Jason, you want me to go then? Sure, John. All right. I gave it five gavels. I really did. I thought this was a fun episode. This is a great way to present a clip show. And that 
was like 75% of the reason why I gave it five. I mean, seriously. Um, I thought there was a good plot and I, and I thought it was a good villain. Like somebody that's, that's from his past got out of jail, wants revenge. I liked it. I thought the acting was very, very good. My only gripe is the end, the, the, the cheesy death of Julia and the lack of like sympathy or empathy or anything other than, you know, at the end of the, uh, the episode, I, I, that was the only thing that was negative. So yeah, this is a solid five. Jason, what say you? I think clip shows are lazy. I do. Uh, there is a Matlock episode below a four. It's called The Judge in season one. It's like a two. <laughs> I can't remember what I gave it. But um, this episode, I they did something different with the clip show that I like. Clip shows are usually used to, you know, save budget for future episodes or for make up budget for previous episodes. And they did something different. They interweave the clips within the story and I, I dug it and it made the judge like I, now I kind of go back and watch the judge because it made the judge episode look good in this. And that's not an easy accomplishment with me. So I'd give it a four and a half because I thought it did really good. It just the the continuity errors are so like simple. I mean, we watched this episode one time four years ago and we know well enough to know that Michelle wasn't in season one of the show like you guys run the show you should know that so that's kind of why i gave it a four and a half but yeah no it was, it was fun i was really surprised i enjoyed it because when i sat down i rolled my eyes when i knew noticed it was a clip show yeah same thing i had the same reaction i'm like Ugh, clip shows i, like I agree i like the two episodes they chose but like i said really made that judge episode look polished in this mm -hmm. uh clip yeah. show a agreed absolutely agreed all right um so daniel um Anything you uh, want to plug or highlight or anything else you want to kind of uh, discuss real quick? Uh, no, I just wanted to say uh, I wish everybody a Merry Christmas or whatever you happen to be celebrating. Uh, happy holidays. And I hope you have a good New Year. Yeah, and you know what? That's something Jason and I also are going to say because uh, the next time that we would have an episode due, that would be Christmas Eve. And uh, Jason, uh, we we kind of didn't we agree? I mean, I don't remember what did we text? Are we taking we taking that time off, or we or are we going to do a clip show? We are taking the time off. I'm going to re-air an interview or two in that time slot. Okay, so Sounds good. I don't know which the one. psychic one. No, no, no psychic is going to be re re-aired. That was nice though. <laughs> he didn't catch it, but I got it. I got it. <laughs> Yeah, so you know what? Uh, I agree with what Daniel said. Hopefully everybody out there has a great holiday season. Uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, great, ha Happy Kwanzaa. Whatever you celebrate, um, hope that you do it safely with friends, with family. Uh, again, thank you so very much to everybody who watches this show, who listens to the podcast, um, you know, uh, the, the audio version of the podcast. Uh, thanks to everybody that has come on, you know, the many stars that have joined us, you know, and, uh, and sat down and chatted with us and told us about their experiences on the show. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to having a little bit of a break, uh, but we'll be back in January with brand new episodes. So Jason, anything you want to plug real quick or anything you want to talk about? We could finally reach Kenny holiday who has not joined the social media train or check his Facebook messages in the four years we've been doing this podcast, but I'm working on it. I'm working on it, folks. Uh, yes, everybody, check out my lovely show, the Three Geeks Podcast. That's right, I like that production value. Anyway, um, 
We're live for our last time this Saturday. We have the Petersons. If you don't know the Petersons, they read erotic novels for like Audible, and they're always a lot of fun, and we're celebrating the holidays with them. And then the following week, we've got the voice from Dragon Ball Z join us that will air in the Three Geeks time slot, and lots of fun stuff coming down the pipe. And guys, thank you. Yep. And, Thanks, Random Rick. We appreciate you, Random Con. Rick. Yeah. You don't even have to promote yourself. I got hey, everybody. It. How's it going? It's John Orlando from the PVD cast. And I was asked to make a quick video to help celebrate an anniversary. And we'll do that in just a moment. But I think I need to remind you about my great podcast, the PVD cast. It's available at pvdcast.com or through all of those major podcasting outlets like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio app, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera. All you have to do is put PVD cast in the search bar. Sometimes you have to put my name after it too. I don't know why, but you do sometimes and you should be able to find it. And if you want an even easier way to hear the PVD cast, well, on Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I do a little live Facebook broadcast through the Facebook page at PVDCast, and there you can hear the week's episode as well. So three very easy ways to hear my great podcast, and by the way, I have another one as well that you should check out, especially if you're a fan of 80s television. I am the co-creator of Matt Talk, the only Matlock podcast on the planet where myself and my partner sit down, we watch an episode of Matlock, we then review it, discuss it, even poke fun at it. And uh, it's a great show, especially if you dig Andy Griffith or law dramas or cheesy 80s television, you should check it out. It's available at anchor.fm slash Talk. Also, episodes play through the Facebook page, which is at Talk, uh Podcast. And you can follow us on Twitter as well at Matt Talk underscore podcast, and you can drop us an email if you like. It's B-E-N-M-A-T-T-A-L-K at gmail.com. I think that's everything I wanted to do. I thought there was something else I had to do. Hmm. Nah, I don't know. Anyways, I'll chat at each and every one of you later. See, I got two minutes of John plugging himself. It was from the Three Geeks uh, eight-year anniversary show. John sent that in. And I told John, I said, when you send us a video to congratulate us on our eighth year, don't even get to it. Just promote yourself <laughs> and then do something at the end. And then just don't even mention our show once. And that's what he gave us. Two minutes of him doing what he loves to do is promoting John. Hey, I'm I'm the king of the shameless plug. What can I say? We were anyway. at a restaurant once and John walked up to somebody and goes, PVD cast. I thought you were going to tell me about the, the time that I tried to tell the 22-year-old waitress about the uh, Andy Griffith show. No, man. I was there with you explaining it to her, too. <laughs> it was <Matt laughs> Dan that were embarrassed. That guy, she doesn't know what Andy Griffith or Matlock is. Uh, yes, Daniel, I've done that on two separate occasions. I've tried to talk to somebody about Matt, Matt Talk. <laughs> yes, Justin, I'm embarrassed for you. Yes, I know. Hey, don't hate the player, hate the game. There you go. Absolutely. That's right. <laughs> All right. Jason, let's go ahead and get, get on out of here, shall we? And on that note, as they say in court, nothing further.